In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. Today we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. Um, in the Coptic Orthodox Church, we really um, like feasting. Um, and we do a lot of fasting, but to, to make up for it, I guess we do a lot of feasting. We have seven major lordly feasts, seven major feasts of the Lord Jesus Christ, and seven minor feasts of his life, and seven feasts of St. Mary, and feasts of saints, and feasts of this, and feasts of that. But so there are seven major feasts of the Lord. And of the seven major feasts of the Lord, they kind of, the easy way to remember them is to remember them through, throughout the life of Christ. They start with the Annunciation, so Archangel Gabriel coming to St. Mary and telling her that she will have a son who will be of God, the Father of the Holy Spirit, right? And then we find the, the nativity and then Jesus' baptism and so on and so on and so on. The resurrection, his ascension to heaven and the seventh major lordly feast, like the climax of all of this, one leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next. And the seventh, the climax of all of them is the feast of Pentecost. And it's the only one in which... Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, you see in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so the, 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 the second person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't make an appearance. Because His job is behind the scenes. His job is to go to the Father and to tell the Father, send them the Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, it has very much to do with who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Just the same as you have a body and a soul and a spirit. And your soul is the seat of the mind and the will and the emotions and all of that. All of that's, you know, all of that's your, your soul and you have a body. You know, obviously that's how you got here today, right? And then you have a spirit, that which gives you life. The Spirit of Jesus is what he was promised to give his disciples. So he told them, a little while and you will not see me, but I will come to you again. Yes, we can interpret that in regards to his, his death, burial, and his resurrection. Yes, we can interpret that too, his visiting his disciples throughout the 40 days after his resurrection, where he would visit them and then he would go, and then he would visit them and then he would go. Yes, we can understand it as that as well. But we can certainly understand it as His Spirit coming back to be with them for a temporary period, for three, a three-year ministry on earth, for um, a, 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 a meal that he, he shared with the disciples of Emmaus when they went into the house and He broke the bread and they recognized Him and then He vanished. No. That He may descend and remain with us. You'll find in the Gospel of, of John, speaking of the, of the theophany, oh, the icon is covered by the screen. Sorry the TVs aren't working, uh, so we put the screen and the projector behind it. There's an icon of Jesus' baptism, and you see the, 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 the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus. And in the Gospel of John, it says that He descended and He remained upon Him. Not that the other Gospel writers are saying that He didn't, but, but St. John took the time to really emphasize this concept of remaining. God wants, God wants to come and remain with me and with you. He doesn't want to visit anymore. 
my wife is originally from England, and um, uh, I remember after we got married and we were getting on the plane for our, our uh, for our honeymoon. So I turned Skype on in my phone, right? And I called her on Skype. She's standing right next to me, like in the boarding line, right? And uh, she goes, "What are you doing?" I go to her. You hear that sound? I never want to hear that sound ever again. <laughs> you know? I never want to hear that sound ever again. God is saying, I never, want to, I never want to have to Skype you ever again. Or FaceTime you or whatever. I want to, I want to be right here, right with you, right now, forever. That is the essence of Pentecost. Now... You know, if it's somebody who is, you know, meaningful to you, then their, their, their permanent presence in your life will be proportionally as valuable to you as, they, as, as, as how meaningful they are to you. The fact that that's the person I chose to spend the rest of my life with is very meaningful. If it's someone who I find particularly irritating, the fact that they're going to be a permanent resident in my life forever is a little bit disturbing. So it all depends. It all depends on the relationship that I have with God. In the introduction to the readings, I was saying that the Holy Spirit... You know, I, I started looking for lists. I wanted to, to read off a list to you of the things the Holy Spirit does. But I kept finding different lists, one with 50 things, one with 33 things, one with 80 things, one with 120 things. The Holy Spirit is the silver bullet to our lives. He is the answer, he is the answer to all of our questions. He is the solution to all of our problems. He is the cure-all for all of our pains and our hurts and our suffering and our this and our that. He is, the, he is the one who rejoices with us in all of our rejoicing and our happiness, happy moments and our happy times. He is God. He is God. He is the fullness of God dwelling inside of you and inside of me. We receive Him in baptism as Jesus when He came out of the water. The Holy Spirit sent When the person comes out of the baptistry, we give them a moment to dry themselves off. Although in some churches they don't, they chrismate them immediately, right? But, we, you know, us just for the sake of making it, you know, nicer for, the, for everybody, right? We'll let them dry themselves off and then they're chrismated and they receive the Holy Spirit. The priest blows in the face of the, of the baptizee and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Um, I love my job. I love what I do because I get to meet all of you. when You're all lovely people. And I get uh, to spend a lot of time with people who know so much about things that I don't know. So I was hanging out with a member of our church, right? Who, um, his line of work is in... Um, the user experience so in, in, in uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. So when he said that to me, I was like, augmented reality? What's that? I think I know what virtual reality is, but what's augmented reality? So he started explaining to me, and it sounded, it sounded like, like, like Pokemon Go on steroids. So I was about to start making fun of it, and then I realized I shouldn't because this, you know, this is what his job is. But he could see the smirk on my face, he go, and he said, you know, it's not all about gaming. 
So, for example, in the in the in the um, uh, technology um, industry, uh, not technology like um, uh, uh, people who do repairs on machines industry, right? Um, augmented reality is growing into a really big thing because now they need to know. Like the technicians need to know exactly where everything is supposed to go, right? But if augmented reality is where they, they can take what you're seeing and transpose on it extra things. So it's basically a really very simplified idea of it is suppose my, my, I have young daughters and they like stickers. If you have daughters and they have stickers, you have stickers because they put stickers on everything, including you, right? And so imagine my daughter takes a sticker and puts it on my glasses. When I put my glasses on, I'm going to see the world if I can get my glasses back on. I'm going to see my, I'm going to see the world as everyone else sees it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see the world, shall we say, as it is with a sticker. And everywhere I'm going to look, there's going to be that sticker. So imagine your fridge stops working. The repairman come, comes over, right? And he puts his funky goggles on. He can see the back panel of your fridge and he can also see where all the wires are supposed to be and what's not in place. Wouldn't that be great? He wouldn't, they, they wouldn't have to like open any books or, or look anything up because it could all be it could all be right there available to him, right? He could see things. What he was trying to explain to me is that it would give it would give people an, an ability to see things the way that they're supposed to be. Well doesn't that sound very much like the working of the Holy Spirit in us? But I wouldn't call it really much an augmented reality. I think I would call it a restored reality. I think I would call it being able to see things the way God sees them. Being able to see people the way God sees them. God is, God is a fa fantastic person. He only sees the good in people. Imagine if that was your reality. Imagine if, you had, imagine if you had your augmented reality goggles on, your God-augmented reality goggles on, that would only allow you to see the good in the world. Fully acknowledging the stuff that's, that's not good, but not getting hung up on it. That's how God is. That's how His Spirit is inside of you, inside of me. The obvious question, the obvious question is how 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 can i access how can i access this holy spirit who's dwelling inside of me i'll ask you a question i'll ask you a question if you um want to measure your heart rate what are you going to do you're probably gonna put a couple of fingers to your wrist right and uh if it's not something that you do for a living, it might take you a few seconds to find your pulse, to find out where it is. If you've never felt a pulse before, it may take you quite a while to figure out what it is you're feeling for in the first place. Maybe you'll put your, your hand to your chest, or maybe, maybe to, to your neck, right? To try to, feel, to try to feel your pulse. What else are you probably going to do? You're probably going to take a quiet moment. My past life as a, as a doctor, I would talk to patients, take their history, and then the first thing after that I would do is, is, is you know, measure their vital signs, or at, at the very least, 
assess their vital signs, right? And all of a sudden, I would stop talking and I'd bow my head and I'd feel for their pulse. If I'm feeling their pulse while I'm listening to them, I'm probably not going to feel, I'm certainly not going to be able to count it. I'm going to get confused in what they're saying and what I'm feeling and, and I'm counting. They're talking and I'm counting one, two, three and I'm trying to count. Not going to happen, right? 15 seconds of silence, not going to kill anybody and I measure, measure their pulse. The first thing I want to share with you is that the easiest way to be able to hear God better in our lives is to create a little bit of silence. To create a little bit of silence. There's a whole new branch of science called the science of interruption. Do you know that on average, every North American gets interrupted at least every three minutes? Like the most time we have of quiet in our waking hours, on average, is three minutes. How are we supposed to get anything done? The other day I had to meet a really tight deadline and, you know, I just had to put my phone on, do not disturb. There's that function on my phone, right? For two hours to meet this deadline, to get this done. To be able to think a whole thought from beginning to end without getting interrupted every three minutes. That's the, this is just the average in, in, in North America. Silence allows us to hear things that we would otherwise not have heard, although they were always there. When we go silent, we hear the air conditioners and the fans and the other things that we've managed to zone out. Why? Because they're always there. They're always there. So in an effort to be able to focus with whoever we're talking to or the task at hand, we zone the things that are always there out. God is one of those things, not a thing, but a person who's always there. When we pause and have some silence, we can hear the things that are always there. Create some silence in your life. My favorite thing to do to create silence, I'm just sharing with you what I do. You do you, but I'm just sharing with you what I do. It's nearly impossible for me to find silence when other people are awake in my house. I don't know. To each their own. Maybe, maybe you have like a quiet place where you can go in your house and other people can do their thing. Maybe your household is quieter than mine. Maybe a million things. But since I was a teenager, if I wanted to be alone with God, I'd either stay up late or wake up early. Usually the combination doesn't work very well. <laughs> we all need some sleep. You're going to wake up early, make sure you got enough sleep so that you don't wake up early and be like groggy all morning, right? Sometimes I'd really want to be with God and I'd want to sit with Him in the morning. I'll go to bed at 8 p.m. I never go to bed at 8 p.m., but I'll do it that night. I'll find myself waking up naturally at 3.30 or 4, wide awake, jump in the shower, make myself a cup of coffee and go sit in quiet with God and listen to Him. The second thing that makes it easier for us to hear God is the exact opposite of what I was just talking about, is obedience. You see, God, it says in Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, 
at various times and in various places, God spoke to his children, the, the prophets. God speaks in various ways, completely different ways, with different people at different times. God is not, he's not in a box. He doesn't only speak English, or he doesn't only do this, or he doesn't only do this. God is not like, you. we cannot really, quite frankly, if we're going to be honest, we can't really say anything about God, because anything we say about him defines him. And who are we to put boundaries around God? So everything that we say about him is only in part true, if we're going to be honest, Right? So God is, may speak to you in English, but He may not. He may speak to you audibly, but He may not. He may do how, what we believe, how we believe Scripture came about. He may inspire you. Take a deep breath in. Feels kind of good, eh? That's called inspiration. Why? Because breath has come into you. His breath is His inspiration. When we say that Scripture is inspired, that's exactly what we mean. The, the, the Gospel writers, the, 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 the Bible writers, were filled with His Spirit. Let me put it to you another way. When I am sharing a message with you, like public speaking 101, know your audience, Right? Why? Because I have to know what you know so that I can share something with you that you would be able to receive, process, and put somewhere in, in your life, in your head, in whatever. So the speaker has to take the listener into account. Why? I'm not hoping that you know, any of you are sitting there writing down every word that I say. Rather, I'm hoping that something that I say, will, you'll hear it and it will make sense to you and you'll be able, it'll be useful to you. And you'll be able, this week will be different from last week because of something that I said. Something mostly that God said, right? And said to each one of us, including myself. But do you see how God doesn't need to go through that entire process? God can do what we call in psychiatry thought insertion. He can take a thought and put it in your head. He doesn't need to take the thought, translate it to English, not only English, but English that are words that the audience will be able to hear and understand and like grasp easily, speak it, audibly or some using some physical means so they can receive it process it he doesn't need to do all of that he can just give it to you he can just inspire you he can just fill you as easy as it is for you to take a breath so it is my firm belief that every one of us, Christian or not, hears God more, much more often than we know. Christians hear Him from inside of themselves. People who have not received the Holy Spirit yet hear Him from outside of themselves. But God is working. God loves all of us far too much, far too much, not 
to reach out to us and to try to connect with us. So the issue is not God speaking. The issue is us being able to recognize. What's the easiest way to be able to recognize Him? To recognize anything is modeling. If we model a behavior, I'll give you an example. In my past life, I used to teach junior residents how to do surgery. So sometimes they'd be really keen to do an operation. I know that they don't have the technical ability yet to do. They're going to need to practice a little bit between one operation and the next. The next. The easiest way to convince them of that would be to let them do a part of the operation that they can't do. And then they fumble and they get clumsy and then they say, how do you do this, John? And I say, now may not be the time to show you. Let's finish this operation, get this patient off to where they need to be, right? And then I'll show you and the next time around you can do it, right? And that's how we teach technical skills. But if I would try to teach them that without them having an opportunity to try and see for themselves what it's all about, they, they, when they're practicing on a model or on something, you know, on a piece of plastic, they will find that this is, they have nothing to, they can't grasp, they can't grasp the reality of it. When we obey God's commandments, it's exactly the same thing. We're modeling His behavior. When I try to love my enemies, and I see that, gosh, this is really hard to actually love this person. And then I see Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then I turn to Jesus and I can tell him, Jesus, this is really hard. Teach me how to do this. And then I see, I find his promptings in my life telling me what to do and how to do it. I tell you the truth. Obeying Obeying any commandments in the Gospels. Open the four Gospels anywhere. It's obeying Scripture, all of Scripture. But take, to make it simple, take the Gospels, take Jesus' words, take the Sermon on the Mount, find a commandment, and go and try and do it that day. And then try to listen to God. I find it so much easier to listen to God when I have a spirit of obedience. The other reason for that is because They say that the, the, this isn't like scripture, this is just a saying that people say, that the, the listening heart, the, the surrendered heart has a listening ear. The surrendered heart has a listening ear. What is obedience? If you ask me to do something, and I would really, probably, would have wanted to do something else. But I love you, so I say, oh, it doesn't matter what I want to do. I'm going to do what you want to do. What am I doing? Obedience is to set my will aside to do the will of somebody else. To set my ideas aside to listen to somebody else. You see how obedience is the physical living out of listening to God. Oftentimes parents will yell at their children, you're not listening to me. Do they mean that their child has like some, some uh, you know, auditory uh, disability? No. Their child, they're not tell, telling their child you're hard of hearing. They're saying, you're not doing what I'm saying. Listening and doing are so closely intertwined. If I'm having difficulty listening, maybe I should try doing. Maybe when I'm doing, I'll find it easier to listen. Lastly, and share with you what you know already. 
is that the more I fill myself with his words, the easier it is for me to recognize his voice. Reading scripture makes God's voice that much clearer in our lives. I'll tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. When I find it difficult to hear God's voice in my life, when I find it difficult to hear his guiding and his prompting and, his, and see his hand and what he's doing in my life, it's usually that I've stopped reading the Bible. And it's not any reading of the Bible. I read from the Bible every day. I read and I, and I, li- I listen to, for him to give me a message and I have a conversation with God and I do that every day. But there's another kind of reading of the Bible which... Um, Maybe we do, maybe we don't do. Let me remind you. We call, it in, we call it the mystical reading of the Bible. Why do we call it mystical? Because mystical, mysterious, not, not understood, they all kind of mean the same thing, right? Where I open scripture and I read four chapters, five chapters, ten chapters, whatever, whatever you like, okay? I read a certain volume of scripture, I'll understand some, I won't understand some. Maybe I'll be reading in Leviticus and it'll be all these civil laws that God put and I won't understand any of it. It's very possible that I'll open the Bible and I'll read and I will understand nothing. And it will be intellectually very disappointing. Don't worry about it. Why? Because that whole time that I was reading attentively, yet not understanding every, anything, I was listening to the voice of God. Speaking, he was saying stuff that all sounded like, like stuff that's uninterpretable to me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It matters if you want to understand. It matters if you want to be a Bible scholar. It matters if, you, if that's the goal of your reading. Yes, then if, you, if your goal is to understand and you read and you don't understand, naturally you would be disappointed. But if your goal is to be able to hear God better, guaranteed success. Guaranteed success. If I called you every day at 9 a.m. from a blocked number, and we had a conversation. The first day would be like, hello, who is this? Oh, it's Father John. How are you? I'm good. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I blocked my number because of whatever, whatever. And we have a conversation for five minutes. The day after, I call you, 9 a.m. The day after that, I call you, 9 a.m. The day after that, I call you, 9 a.m., always from a blocked number. How many days is it going to take you to be able to recognize my name despite the fact that it came with a blocked number? Probably not very long. Under a week, I'm sure. I promise you, if you open your Bible every day for a week and read four chapters or more, you will hear God's voice a lot more clearly than you did before. You may find yourself in Leviticus or in 1 Chronicles. I mean, you read 1 Chronicles. The first four chapters are Adam, Seth, Enosh. There's no, there's no even like the son of the son. It's just names. It's just a list of names. But we believe that the Word of God is living and active. And it fine-tunes me. It sands me down. So it cleans out my ears so that I can hear Him. Three very simple things. I hate tacky acronyms. I came up with a tacky acronym and I'm trying, to, I'm trying not to use it. Three simple things. Silence, obedience, and Scripture. Silence, obedience, and Scripture.
Three really simple things that you can walk away with, you can do this week, you can enjoy the Apostles' Fast. Apostles' Fast starts tomorrow, and it's our opportunity to, be, to, to nurture and enjoy the relationship with God who dwells inside each one of us. Glory be to God forever and ever. Man, I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.